0: Last time on Trials of the Apocalypse.
1: Now you're familiar with the women in question, right? All of them have been a part of your business in the last couple of years. Do you know anyone who might want to hurt these women? The description that you've been provided matches the description that you've been given to look for in particular candidates for the film industry. Somebody, it would seem, is trying to frame me for something. It's just going to be a matter of time before somebody brings this back to Mulholland. Annie, you, I'm sure, enjoy a fairly stable feeding grounds at your current establishment. Until this case is resolved, you will not find safety at any other. Molly runs a brothel like you, yeah? It does not necessarily serve all the same clientele, although Molly certainly wishes that they did.
0: Perhaps it's not Mulholland who is being framed.
1: I think talking to Jill seems like a decent plan. Think of her as the liaison between the gangsters and the people who are the public faces. Hmm. If you're trying to get in contact with her, probably the best way would be to arrange some kind of meeting with her through a third party. I would say you probably have some contacts who could help you do that. Hmm. Soren also potentially could considering you've already met with her once in this city already pretty close to after when you arrived so do you have any thoughts like any, any idea you have for how you might do that? That could be fun
2: I think it, it might be worth seeing if I can shake my information tree. See if someone knows see if I got a good inter- intermediary Oh yeah This is basically prime time
1: yeah. Ooh, actually, I like the idea that I, I think your go-between is probably going to be a human, yeah. not of Because if it's mm-hmm. a vampire, then it's somebody who's in Giselle's circle who would would contact her, and that would be a that would potentially be alerting Molly. I'd be in the hand uh, if man. you guys are concerned about her. So, I think what this brings us to actually is part of your skill set as as the devil. I think. You have some people who are under your thumb who might serve as a good go-between for you and Giselle. Cool. So what what kind of person do you think you have? We'll give them a name.
3: Some guy. All right. Frankie. Frankie. I I was thinking Frank. So Frankie. Old blue eyes. Uh,
1: other other good names from the, night. like, if he was born around the 1920s, 30s, popular names for, man, Robert, James, John, William, Richard, Charles, George, Thomas, Joseph.
3: Oh, it should be Dick. Ooh,
1: Richard Dick's Dick a good is one. good. It should be Dick is
3: so good. Dick, it, it should be Dick, so I yeah. get the pun in. Now, I like, <laughs> we, we actually
1: already have a Charlie, so let's do a Dick instead of a Chuck. All right, so Dick, not Frank. Yeah, Dick, not Frank. All right. Actually, is, could he be called Dick, not Frank? Wait, what? Dick, not Frank.
2: Yeah, we can, we can replace Frank, Frankie with, with Dick.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> we're going to call him Dick, but I like okay. the idea that his nickname is like Dick, not Frank. <laughs> somebody, somebody, everybody thinks he looks like a Frank, so he's, <laughs> he Dick. Like a he's Frank. Dick, not Frank. That's cute. Anyway, we're, this is getting too complicated. <laughs> uh, so, you, you, have a, you have your man, Dick.
4: Mm-hmm. most cis males do
1: (laughs) oh man
3: you did this (laughs) phil this is your fault i'm getting ready to have a whole string of puns there's a reason i suggested it oh yeah so
1: so you've got your man comma dick
3: (laughs) so what so i for
1: you most of the vices that you hold people to are gambling actually would you talk about uh we let's get that uh, skill on here on Mike um, All right. what's the skill you're looking to invoke so the devil's
2: primary like social skill is uh, bad company when you exploit your prey's want or vice spend one blood to sink your hooks into them they need you for fulfillment and they come to you with a junkie's zeal when they do you may give them satisfaction make any demand within their power to fulfill and they'll gladly do it then you spend the blood to feed their need for now
1: so, uh, what's what's been uh, interesting on the books lately? Let's see. What time is it? Uh, it's late. It's like midnight, it's a, midnight what one. time of year?
2: Oh, <laughs> sorry. January. sorry, January. January. What 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 year is sports ball time? Definitely not January. I feel like
0: uh, football.
2: January is football times. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we're well, it's. When's the Super Bowl? Is it January or February? It's, I
3: think it's. I think the Super Bowl started in the fifties. Super Bowl didn't start in the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. F- f- football's also a thing yet. Uh,
1: Popular sports, <laughs> 1940. <laughs> you know, we're doing literally. a research on the fly.
4: Some
1: uh, more mm, oh. sports, even though they are not as popular. Oh no, no, we don't want. Not as popular. We want very popular. What about hockey? Ooh. Uh, excuse me. Does
2: this, this look like Canada? Sports in
1: 1943: <laughs> baseball, basketball, amateur basketball,
3: professional. Oh, basketball is still going in January. Box. Oh, boxing. 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 Oh, boxing. Yeah. oh boxing.
1: boxing. Oh my God, boxing. Hell yeah. yeah. How
3: do we forget boxing in the <laughs> damn
2: forties? Okay. We got we got some spicy underground boxing circuit. Hell yeah. And rule Dick,
3: number one about Fight Club:
2: Dick can't <laughs> stop himself.
1: I I really want to get this next three hundred on this guy.
2: You still owe me quite a bit, there, Dick.
1: Ah. Uh, I, but you you know Johnny He's gonna win this one The odds The odds are 6 to 1 against But you know he's gonna win
2: it. Hand around his shoulder cordially <laughs> That's what you said last time William
1: Hey now <laughs> You know it's dick Not Frank <laughs> <laughs> I
2: suppose I can uh, Get you what you need Pull out my, my wallet And start fanning through bills but I'm gonna need you to do something for me and keep it on, keep it quiet.
1: I'm, I mean, you, no, you but, get me, you get me that three hundred on Johnny, and, and you, you got it. You know, I would You know, I do, you know I'd do anything for you, Duke. Okay. We're, we're drifting with this voice a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'd do anything for you, Duke. There we go. I there we a go. <laughs> more things. Yeah.
2: Today, the part of Dick will be played by seven people all at once. Um. It's an orgy inside here. <laughs> no, wowie. Hey,
0: that's Ooh. my business.
2: All right, I, I was just reminding myself of the name. All right, you know that, uh, that Dame Giselle.
1: Ah, uh, you wouldn't. I don't know why, but I keep like defaulting, defaulting. Back. I think it's because you're doing a New Yorker accent, Phil, and that's just rubbing off on me so hard. Uh, but
2: oh god, no phrasing. Hello,
1: <laughs> you're rubbing
2: off on me. So <laughs> it's just if we're not doing phrasing anymore, I wish someone would have told me.
1: Anyway, you—you you mean Giselle Vanderburg? Damn it, <laughs> I did it again. Anyway, <laughs> Giselle Vanderburg. There we go, Vanderburg.
2: One and the same. She's a tough bride to get a um, fuck. Audience. Audience with.
1: <laughs> this conversation's a shit show. Everybody. It is.
2: It is. <laughs> uh, You know, the curse of the one off,
1: just to put me out of my misery. (laughs) I'll do that for you. I'll be right on it. You just put that money on
3: Johnny for me. I got you covered. It'll be a name. Dick, can you butt me? I'm out of camels. (laughs) Uh, I could go for a good fag right now. Dick butts you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He, he butts you real good it's a it's a great cigarette
2: and <laughs> some parts of the uh of, of the commonwealth nations they still use the word fag for cigarettes. The bag, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and it's, uh, every time i hear it, i'm like
3: <sighs> i forget sometimes like i'll be watching British wish, television I I like she wouldn't Boy, mate could you pass me a fag? could you do one
2: <laughs> i just want to put my hand gently on the shoulder and say hey listen could you
3: not, hey y'all? Slang. Could you butt me? Slang updates. I, I do like. Let's just go back in time to butt, please. Yeah. <laughs> we let's, still call them cigarettes. Let's that's get that booty. Get that. Give me that booty. I will be out.
2: Oh, uh, anyway, technically requires a blood spent. I'm presuming that I already had my hooks in him, which is why I'm not spending two.
3: Yeah.
1: One blood has been spent from the pool.
4: Blood um, for the blood god.
2: Blood for the blood god. Mandatory reference. Things, two things happen every time you play any sort of vampire game one you reference vampire media two you make a corn reference yep
1: so having given blood to the blood god and sent sent dick on his way mm. sent <laughs> sent dick on an errand <laughs> sent anyway <laughs> uh given giselle the dick given giselle the, the solid dick, <laughs> uh, as the phrase might be. He's a good guy. Um, yeah. The, the, the solid dick. He's there. Good there guy. A bit of it. a gambling problem, but a good guy. So he goes to Giselle and he passes on your message. And he comes back a couple hours later that night. And first, let me ask you Johnny, win that fight?
2: You know what? This time, Dick's. Luck did not run out. Hell yeah. And of course, this also means when they, when someone with a gambling problem wins, it's way worse than when they lose. Yeah, he And it's bad
1: when they lose. It's six to one winnings. You keep the part that you loaned him. Mm-hmm. Plus maybe a little smidge a little bit, more. Just a, little, just a, little a little bit off the top. In addition to the bit off the top you take as the bookie. Mm-hmm. But still his winnings are Impressed. pretty good. I could see the hunger in his eyes. Yeah, and you see that grow, and you you see him look for a moment between the money in his hand and the wallet he's pulled out to tuck it into, and you see the indecision, and I think you you look at him a little bit, mm-hmm. and something, something about that, the way you've sunk your hooks into him, Mm-hmm. Because you you see him fighting for maybe just a moment against against his maybe better better rationale that maybe maybe he should keep this money, you mm-hmm. know, put it towards that car payment he has, maybe buy himself his family a nice dinner. But instead, he he looks back at you and he says, "When's when's Johnny's next fight?" I'll
2: let you know. This could be a good news streak for you.
1: Well, you know you, you know my luck, Duke. It it never strikes just once. Mm-hmm. How about this? Uh, and he, he takes the money, and he takes he takes a five out, and he tucks that in his wallet, and he gives the rest of that stack to you, Duke. Ooh. And he says, "Let it all ride on Johnny."
2: The good for you, Dick.
1: You always do. <laughs> uh, and with with a smile on his face, and a click in his heels, and a nervous. A nervous stutter to his walk, I think. He heads out of there. Hang on, Dick. Hmm. Take out a five from the sack he gave
2: me. Make sure to give yourself enough to come back, not just get away from here.
0: (laughs) What about the appointment with Giselle?
1: He also gives you all the information that... He he talked to somebody who talked to somebody Mm -hmm. who passed on the information... You all were looking to have a chat with Giselle, mano y mano. You had some information that was for her heirs only. Mm-hmm. And those terms are very attractive to somebody who's in Janelle, uh, Janelle, Giselle's p- <laughs> uh, position. I blame you for that one, Phil. Today,
2: the part of Giselle will be played
1: Janelle, by Janelle Monet. It will. So that, that's something that's very attractive to somebody in Janelle. Uh, and <laughs> now you've done it to me. <laughs> something that's very I've said Giselle every time this session. I know you have started. before you were like you know it sounds like Janelle to me I did a bad bad thing was at, you you planted the seed in my heart <laughs> and now here we are um,
3: Puppet Master I'll be pulling your string
1: <laughs> Where was I? Right Giselle Giselle wants the fact that you guys are talking about this as information for her, her ears only is something that's very attractive to Giselle mm-hmm. and so She's very interested in hearing what you have to say. The message back that you got from Dick was to meet her at a, a rather nice late night diner. That's uh, uh, Amy, my resident L.A. aficionado. Uh, really nice district to to live, possibly eat in in L.A. Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. All yeah. right. She's in Hills. She's in the Hills. So everything. up up in Beverly Hills. She invites you to meet her at the Eagle Rock Diner for some late night bacon and eggs or whatever you eat at diners at 2 a.m. That's what I eat at diners at 2 a.m. 2 in the a.m.
4: You all head there. You arrive. Giselle
1: is older looking for someone who, based on you know, some of the lining in her face and her neck, you would assume is probably in her early 50s. Her hair is still firmly dark, dark brown, nearly black. And she has very sharp, piercing blue eyes. And you can see the model that Mulholland has sort of based practically all of his lead actresses off of, uh, and a lot of his sexual preferences, uh, if we're being completely honest. And Giselle, uh, upon seeing you all enter, her eyes probably lock onto Soren, who she knows the best. Ah, you'll love this place! Come on in, have a seat, join me at the table.
3: Hello, mommy dearest, you're looking well.
1: (sighs) Oh, Soren, you know I absolutely hate it when you say that. (laughs) But please, come and have a seat anyway. The menus are here, order whatever you'd like. I'll I'll cover this one for you all. And she studies you for a moment. She has some of the tallest hair you've ever seen. (laughs) Yes, a bulbous bouffant. Got that? Got that bulbous bouffant. Bulbous and bouffant. She has the the bulbous bouffant that every woman has on the cover of any magazine, <laughs> and she has the eyes of a trained soldier. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! And they they look across like if Bembot uh, was serious. Yeah, she looks across the three of you and says. It looks to me like you all are having a busy night. What is this information that you bring my way? I certainly, certainly couldn't guess it myself. Couldn't you? You read a newspaper? Read a newspaper? I, I
3: daren't touch the thing with my delicate fingers. You know, Soren. Delicate, yes, I do. I do remember the coastline of Quebec burning to the ground by those delicate fingers. Well, uh, you know how age changes things.
2: Well, you had read the papers. You'd see that there's been a couple of murders. Mm Mm-hmm. Dames that bear more than a passing resemblance to you.
1: Well, I'm sure none nearly as charming. But I'm aware that some of their features bear a passing resemblance. (laughs) And she narrows her eyes a little bit. Are you implying something, Duke?
2: I'm implying that you might have seen someone who wanted to add you to that
1: list, but thought better of it. Are you? And she puts a hand to her chest. Are you worried on my behalf? I would be flattered, honestly, truly. She seems not at all sincere. (laughs) But I'm afraid I already have some to look after me. Well,
2: we were more hoping that you
4: might have your ears to the ground and have seen something or heard something.
0: To the end where someone might be wanting to harm you, but obviously... That would not happen. Is there anybody you can think of that would wish you harm?
1: Wish me harm? (laughs) I mean, every upstart in this city wishes they could have my place in it. But no one, (laughs) no one who knows Walter at all would even risk
3: doing something to me. We all know I'm his favorite. (laughs) And yet somebody is risking brazenly murdering these women in public.
4: Well,
1: if you already talked to Mulholland, you're telling me that the women he selects for his movies are dying in droves, and he's not behind it? Well, we... I don't know what he's playing at.
0: We spoke with him, and it was only after speaking with him that I came to understand that it is you for whom he models his preference Of lead actresses. So that has me wondering if perhaps someone who wishes you harm but is smart enough not to harm you might be killing women in your place, women who remind them of you. So is there anybody who would wish you harm? Not jealousy. I mean, we're all familiar with those who wish that they had the, the taste of others, but someone who, who would want to harm you.
4: I...
1: There's nothing about this that's dangerous for me. Uh, if I'm being completely honest, uh, and she pokes around at some of the food on her plate, it's obvious that somebody is trying to
4: frame Mulholland. Uh, he thinks we have some kind of feud but that couldn't be it's not exactly further from the truth but
1: it's certainly not the case either I think when you're asking me if there's somebody who has beef with me I think what you're really here to ask is if anyone has beef with Moholland,
3: and that information it's not
1: for free
3: now I understand the line of work you are in, and I can respect the fact that information is not something that's exchanged around freely. However, I would like to remind you that Walter is getting very antsy. Antsy to the point that he's willing to employ someone fresh to the city to assist in this little endeavor. As such, we've already been to Mulholland tonight, and we have now come to you tonight. It is rather suspicious that all of these women have borne a striking resemblance to you. Now, maybe somebody is trying to set Mahalanda. up. If not, it would behoove you if you helped us with this because Walter has us working on this round the clock.
1: Now, I'm always for helping Walter, and I believe that no matter what happens here, he'll take care of this problem in the end. We're in the early stages still of where this could go, and I would be lying if I said that I don't know anything at all. But if you're all seeking to nip this in the bud, I'm going to need something in return for my help in this. After all, the information I have for you could prove dangerous for me.
0: What is it that you want?
1: Now, Annie, I'm so glad you asked. You see, your establishment is on harder times right now, yes?
0: Yes.
4: Well, I happen to know
1: that my, my dearest Molly, she and you have a bit of a spat. Uh, would that be an accurate characterization?
0: That would be accurate.
4: I was thinking that... There's no reason why there couldn't be a merger, perhaps, of our interests.
0: What is it that you're proposing?
1: Well, there's two things. One, if I give you the information you seek, you need to promise me something. And by you, and she, she looks at all three of you, all three of you would have to promise me something. And that is... If I start pointing fingers at someone and I back it up, which she takes a bite of, I'm saying, I'm imagining she has a, a, this is like such a fucking power move for a vampire. They'll just like have human ass food and be like actually eating it in front of you. (laughs) But she, she takes a bite and maybe makes a slight frown at it. uh, Remembering that food is gross, uh, but continues to eat it anyway because she's there already. Uh, And she already ordered this, a very rare stake. And she looks at you all and, and says, Because the information I have is good, but you all need to agree not
4: not to turn in the person that I tell you about, but I need you to kill them. Because they are posing a threat to
1: more than just a few women in this city who will be replaced on the next bus.
3: I'm well aware of the ramifications of what this could cause. As you recall, there was a bit of a issue for me back in Scotland. Similar scenario. Exposure to the vampire community. Not fun stuff. However, I already owe you a debt for getting here to begin with. Why on earth would I go into debt further by potentially killing... Whoever this is, by the way, I'm going to take the assumption here this is not some plebe or pariah that you need whacked. This, this would not be a debt. This would be a deal.
0: Duke, you know Walter better than I do. Would he have a problem with us killing whoever is responsible for these sloppy murders?
2: Yeah, I think that's the point of this whole operation.
3: It's not going to be one of those things where he gets some sick satisfaction from doing the kill blow. He wouldn't mind if the head was just, you know, dropped up under his freaky bridge.
4: I mean, I don't know if he's in the Grizzly Trophies, but proof doesn't hurt.
0: So I'm willing to promise you that if this person is in fact responsible for these sloppy murders, then yes, I I will kill them.
4: Just know that we're not a hit squad for you. If this... This poor schlub doesn't
2: have anything to do with anything. We're not going to go killing him just just for giggles.
1: Then I believe there will be space for your business to continue with a cut, of course, Annie. With the vacuum that you create. Because the person who you all need to kill
3: is Algernon Briarwood. Now, I've only been here a short time, but isn't he a patrician? He is. and
1: it is my suspicion that Algernon seeks a lot more than just that. He's had it in full Mulholland for a while. Mulholland is his maker, of course, and they got along
3: well for. I couldn't decades. imagine bearing a grudge to a maker. Was
4: that a was that a jab,
3: Soren? Are you <laughs> unsatisfied? With your, with your lot here, should I have a chat with the Legion? I think that you'll find my sufficient Catholic past is more than enough to keep them happy. And yes, I am quite well accommodated. Well, not everything you did in New York was Catholic. The Italians didn't seem to mind. What doesn't
2: add up for me is that this seems like a fairly easy mark to come by. Why didn't Mulholland even consider this?
3: And she sighs. It's because Mulholland's dense. <laughs> he was looking a little bit like the was the Pillsbury Doughboy thing. He probably was. He is looking a little bit like the Pillsbury <laughs> Doughboy. Fresh. I want to say it's fifties. Well, he
1: he uh, is literally dense. She, but.
0: She's not wrong. I, I love the I, I love him. He's he's great fun, but she's not wrong. Uh,
1: Mulholland believes that the current spat between him and Algernon is just a temporary disagreement. He thinks that Algernon is just taking it a little bit too personally that he didn't want him in any of his more recent films, (laughs) but it goes deeper than that.
0: So it is a recent conflict.
1: Well, Mulholland hasn't wanted Algernon in any of his films since talking was recorded for
3: them. Why, Algernon got a stutter or something? You'll know when you meet him.
0: But why... Why would he start killing a couple weeks ago? Or I guess... First she would ask, because we're still talking about the deal, is... What's his business?
1: Algernon's, Algernon Aldernan does not do much business anymore
4: in... Well... In the realm of our prey.
1: Algernon deals mostly with other vampires, mostly in... And you only heard this from me if he's in the grave within a few days. But he's been trafficking some cattle, so to speak. And that sort of operation, though lucrative as it may be, among
4: our kind, it
1: can only go unnoticed for so long. The reason why this has occurred recently is Algernon has grown concerned that his little business venture would come to the watchful gaze of Walter, and Walter did not sanction this. Walter did not approve this, he wouldn't have.
0: So how would this create a vacuum?
4: Well, it's easy. With Algernon gone, there is space for another
1: patrician. And personally, I think that Molly would be exceptionally busy in that role and wouldn't have as much time to
4: bother yours
0: i see so the cost for your information is that should this seat open up that it go to molly
1: well none of us can decide that that's something that walter and she waves her hand politics will mm. but i think that should a vacuum such as that arise, I have certain hopes and expectations for what might happen in
4: that. Algernon has similar hopes and
1: expectations. If he could pin this current situation on Mulholland, or even on myself, not only would that take care of
4: someone who has done him a great degree of wrong
1: thinking about his maker but also if Algernon intends to continue his current business venture he's going to need additional support among the patricians and ultimately I fear he might be aiming for even higher Well, speaking from personal experience, he's going to have to try a lot harder than that. That is the reason I'm telling you.
0: Do you know where his operation is located?
1: He does most of his business uh, out of a few key facilities. I don't know all the details about where he gets these people or where he sends them to. But I do know that while he's keeping them here in the city... He has a couple of larger warehouses down by the docks, and also he has a lot of people who come and go from that estate that he bought a decade ago over in Beverly Hills.
0: So boys, can you think of any way we can prove whether or not he's responsible for these murders? We're we're certainly gonna investigate his establishment for his cattle business.
3: Well, it certainly wouldn't be no trouble to figure out how to expose him for trafficking the cattle as far as uh, getting, getting to the bottom of him being behind the murders. We'd have to somehow link the women to having gone to his estate.
0: So we need to find out where they were actually working. At the time of their deaths, because they weren't working at my establishment.
3: Well, I can pull some strings. I was a criminal psychologist when I was in New York. I could probably pull some strings from the chief uh, up there in NYC and uh, say that uh, cases popped up in L.A. and I need... uh, clearance, to be able to look through uh, the personnel files of the four women that were murdered, looking for psychological issues they might have had, and therefore connections to certain establishments where they may have tried to get their fix from drugs or things of that nature.
2: The push comes to show, we could also try and watch them.
0: And I think I have a around. few contacts I might be able to call upon to get that information. If the police have it.
3: In fact, if uh, we can, when I get a hold of those personnel files, if we can somehow figure out that all four of these women had some connection to him, I could then suggest to the police that he had been seeing a psychologist, get the documents forged for that, that he's been seeing a psychologist and that I may even be able to say that based on a profiling of him, he is uh, potentially a sociopath. Have uh, the humans on his trail as well as us. I
0: I am not concerned with the human police. I think we need to take care of this for Walter and then we'll deal with the human repercussions later. I mean, you saw what happened with Jack the Ripper. I mean, eventually they just, you know... Well, make a legend
3: Jack was sloppy and he knew that and he had to hightail it out of town so I
2: say we leave the lesser authorities out of this we can take care of this on our own I'm not saying we shouldn't see what the humans know but don't
3: try and stick the police on them that's more backup plan I still think the personnel files would help because so it would tell us where they've been yeah.
0: and he's planning on going to talk to the mayor but not at one o'clock in the morning <laughs> Which is why I figured going to check out to verify the cattle accusation first to give some credence to what Giselle had told us.
3: Perhaps the sting operation? I'm new enough to town that I don't think he may know who I am yet, and I could be looking to purchase some cattle from him since uh, I don't have any established grounds yet. Be safer to purchase cattle from him? Sting operation, perhaps?
2: work I'm not exactly well established here either so maybe we're lucky and he doesn't know either of our faces
1: well if you're done discussing this (laughs) then uh, how about you take care of things
3: as we've
1: arranged hmm?
3: well that's probably for the best and mommy dearest as always the coffee was terrible and the company was only slightly more enjoyable
1: <laughs> Soren, there's a good reason you're not part of my pack, and I'm reminded of it every time I interact with you. <laughs> uh. Go kill a man for mommy. hmm?
3: It wouldn't be the first time. Would be on and this. It continent. won't be the last. Would it be the first time on this continent? Does Iceland count as Europe or North? O- it's, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. We have a job to do.
1: Ah. Uh. You see Giselle waving her hand faintly from the window as you leave, uh, a thin smile across her face. Hey there, David here. I had a lot of fun listening back through episode 2 while editing, so I hope you're enjoying it as well. You might notice a slight change in audio quality for the rest of the game, particularly from Dave and Phil. That's because we recorded the first half of the Undying One-Shot at my home, and the rest we recorded remotely remotely due to the pandemic raging in our area at the time. Thankfully, I think, for consistency, Dave seems to have had a head cold for both, so at least there's that. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Episode 3 drops on February 24th. For now, enjoy the rest of today's episode. Talk to you later. So, I think that what you guys are coming up on here is a medal. Mm-hmm. But before we get to the actual metal and the mechanics that come with that, uh, because we'll we'll give everybody a quick refresher on that here in the game, before we do that, you guys expressed a couple of ideas about how you might get a little bit more information going into this metal, going into this attempt to figure things out uh, about what's going on with Algernon. So let's deal with those first, and I do want to keep these at sort of a high level, but I think we had, and and tell me if I'm wrong, I think we had two things on the table for that. One was uh, Soren wanted to dig into some of his contacts and try to get access to personnel records from the LAPD that they have on these women that are being investigated since they have died, obviously. And then another was, I think, Annie, you have expressed an interest in calling on some contacts as well. Is that Is that correct? Did you have anything you wanted to do, Duke?
4: Uh, uh, Nothing springs to mind. Anybody got any suggestions for what I could be doing to
2: help? Otherwise, Duke's going to cool his heels.
0: Well, Duke probably has some underground contacts. He could probably touch on them and see if if they've heard anything about uh, cattle auctions or anything like that.
2: I don't know. I think most of Duke's contacts, especially since he's so new to the city, would have to deal with uh, bookmaking and uh, gambling and all that kind of thing. I don't know how many vampire contacts he has.
1: Now, this being undying, uh, at the end of the day, a lot of everyone's contacts are vampires because that's like the only society that matters, air quotes. Yeah. So you definitely do know some vampires uh, who you've at least worked with tangentially. You were introduced to by Walter, maybe. So you do have some kind of network that you can rely on. Um, I think you know for a fact that Algernon has been doing this business under the radar, so to speak. And so relying on above it feels weird to say this because you're already like, you know, you're all vampires. We're already talking about a sub society, but like none of your above water contacts are gonna be able to give you any information on, on this operation because it's intentionally being below even the radar of vampire society, right? It's, it's not being super well advertised to people in LA. Right.
2: So that sounds a lot like the night I, although I have contacts, it's, not not going to be useful or germane to the subject at hand.
1: There there is one contact you have, Duke. Uh, Let me review our relationship map. Uh, I I like the idea that you have a contact that can get you in a little bit closer to all this. You know, a vampire fairly closely associated with Algernon. Uh, Their name is Jonathan Greenglass. I'm going to put that in your back pocket because calling on that will probably help us lead into the stuff with Algernon. But before we we get to that and that relationship, um, I think then we'll come back to you last, Duke. Okay. Um, and first, we'll we'll deal with Soren and Annie's plays. So,
4: who, which one of you wants to go first? Soren. All right.
3: Mine will be the quickest, that's for sure. So, Soren, what's your play exactly? So the play is that while I was in New York City, because I was acting as a criminal psychologist for courtroom proceedings, um, that I made friendly with the NYPD, and in particular the chief of police of the NYPD, who is a vampire, and uh, he owes me, uh, we'll say this is a, a minor debt, because I'm trying to obtain human records, not trying to do anything with vampires right now. And so I'm going to call in that minor debt for him to call down to the LAPD and convince them that because of my background in criminal psychology, if I have access to the the profiles of the women that have been murdered, that I can do some psychoanalysis to determine a common thread that might help us understand who the killer is and how the killer thinks. But the real reason I need the, the personnel files is to figure out a connection for us so that we can definitively trace them back to Algernon so that we can have solid proof when we take down the Enterprise to present to Walter.
1: So here's my suggestion to you then. Uh, instead of... Because here's the thing. I think if you already had this debt, we would have established that in the starting debt in the preparation stuff right where where we determined the relationship map and who had who owed debts to him but he's not in uh, la so it wouldn't matter th- that's true 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 i do hear that but i think this is an opportunity for us to utilize a vampire feature that we haven't gotten to utilize yet so instead i'm gonna say that the chief that you know you know well of the la or rather of the nypd uh is a human uh it's it's someone who you've interacted with fairly extensively and who knows maybe you've, you've even fed on them in the past or something like maybe they've been brought closer to the that that vampire society not like revealed to them but they've had maybe a closer interaction with it than even they know right Mm -hmm. and as a vampire uh you in undying have a move called captivate where you can use a mesmer type ability you can mesmerize them and i would say that you could probably conduct that over the phone as well and you can convince them to do things for you uh, and this is dependent on two things, your humanity and your blood, because it requires one blood in order to utilize the move. So you will have to spend the blood to do it. And then depending on your humanity level, I, as the GM, choose a number of options uh, equal to your humanity level plus one of the captivate options, which are your prey does it eagerly, your prey does it faithfully, your prey exceeds your expectations, and your prey is still drawn to you. So uh, your humanity is what? Humane. Humane. So with a humane humanity, that's sort of funny to say, uh, you have a three, which means a three plus one is four. So when you captivate a human, you get to have all four of those be true. Your prey does it eagerly. They do it faithfully. They exceed your expectations and they are drawn to you.
3: Why do you think I got into the field of psychology? Manipulate the mind. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: So I think you spend the blood. And you convince, through your vampiric captivation, this chief of the NYPD to reach out to the LAPD and get sent to you. I imagine you have some kind of office in town they can fax you. Uh, Normally... Yeah, I
3: literally am a lawyer for the Legion of... Or psychologist, psycho lawyer for the Legion of Decency. You're a psycho lawyer, are you? I am a Uh, psychotic (laughs)
0: lawyer. Were there Um. there
1: faxes back then? Yeah, I, I was... Oh, boy, please let there be faxes in 1947.
2: Ooh, I, should, I, fax I, think, I think 1947 is way too early for the fax, facsimile machine.
3: I don't know. I think the facsimile machine came about because of World War II. So the LAPD and the NYPD, being the largest police forces in the nation, I think it would have bled into them pretty quickly.
1: So uh, the patent on it was uh, 1843. 1843 for that's the, the fax machine. That's that was the, the patent. Pat- that was the patent. Give me a second. Oh, that's, second. that's the idea of doing this. Jim- it it, Christmas!
2: It wasn't until someone figured out how to do compression algorithms that it actually became a thing.
1: Yeah, telephone transmission was 1964. Yeah. uh so we're we're pre fax machine. So I think calling. I think what they do is yeah, they they give you authorization to view the records. Yeah. Um, so you go to the LAPD offices, which under normal circumstances, uh, they probably wouldn't let anyone in to see anything at, you know, 2 AM, which I think is the time it is now this late slash early in the morning. Normally no one would have access. Uh, however, the city is pretty much on high alert right now. And there is some portion of the LAPD that is running around the clock right now, trying to. Figure out who is responsible for these murders that have, you know, the media turned on its head and then everybody, you know, talking about it everywhere. So I think especially given the fact that you might be useful, you have a direct recommendation from this chief officer in the NYPD. They get you in immediately. They're still pouring over records that they've uh, pulled together uh, regarding the dossiers of these different women. And so you are granted access to it uh, that night and you go to take a look at it, Soren. So... I ask you, um, what kind of information are you seeking?
3: I want, specifically? I want common employment history. I want known associates, uh, and I want known establishments, which are not necessarily the same thing as their workplaces, because that's how we can tie it back to vampires and probably in particular, particular Alderaan. Yeah. We already know that all of them are going to have a tie to Annie's place, but we know that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the murders. So Yeah, so that's the first thing you
1: see. And and they even, whoever is manning the records room even tells you about that. You know that within the last three to five years, they've all been at Annie's at some point, but none of them were there in the last couple of years. So in analyzing these documents, Soren, what you notice is that the last year or so for each of these women, and it varies for each one, there is just a certain point in time where they're like, for, for all of them, their employment history is fairly spotty. But there comes a point in time where their last known residence, like wherever they might have been renting or if they were staying with someone, they just disappeared months before they were found murdered. Mm-hmm. Like they, they'd been missing persons cases that had turned into these murder cases. Yep, once The bodies I'm were found about that. Yeah. And the way that the police has so struggled to find any serious record of them points to one of two things. I think for you, Soren, given your, your history with being the, the lawyer and psychologist working tightly with police forces, that's either speaks to some kind of organized crime Or more likely, as you would know, it it speaks to vampires um, who who would be able to take people off of off of the table, so to speak, take them out of human society.
3: And so I need to know known associates. And then also, are there any other missing persons? Yeah. So
1: regarding like shared establishments, uh, commonalities between these women. Apart from their looks and the fact that at some point they were at Annie's establishment, there's not very much linking them there's there's nothing like they all worked at they all worked in this one right. bar together or anything like that. no, none of that. These women are all different. they all had their own different lives, and at some point they all sort of disappeared off the face of the earth uh, That is the common thread um regarding other missing persons. you're in l a like yeah, there are other missing persons, but
3: well, I whether mean, or like, not related to this case,
1: no, no, yeah. no, no. So to
0: look through the miss- the other missing persons for people who match the cri- those criteria, like they look yeah. the, they look the same about the same, mm. maybe even have a connection. So something the police might not actually have looked at, because then maybe we could go check out their location, you know, where they were renting before they disappeared and try to see if we can find something that the police didn't.
3: Oh, sure. in other words, people that are still missing, but aren't murdered yet. Exactly. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. 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 So if that's the case,
1: then I think you, you have them do a poll of current active missing persons cases or even stale ones, right. From the last year or so. And you find, and of course, Annie, your establishment, you have lots of girls who go through that match this description because uh, Mulholland being as big of a client as he is, you bring in lots of people as potential talent for him or, of course, other reasons relating to that. And not all of them stick around, obviously. So that's not, it's not too strange that there are other women who match that description who've been through Annie's establishment before. But there are two or three of these, let's say three, let's throw a number on it. There are three of these women in these missing persons cases from the last 12 months who also match the physical description uh, of these other women and who had at some point been through Annie's establishment in the past. And same thing with the others. There's nothing like at some point they just dropped off the face of the earth for two of them. I think that they, they didn't rent anywhere they stayed with different people and they sort of couch surfed. So having a real clear picture of where they were last isn't super well known. And because the police haven't necessarily decided to investigate these cases yet, it's not like there's been extra follow through on any of those. But for one of them, there is a last known address uh, and it is a, uh, an apartment complex in a less desirable part of LA, let's say. And around eight months ago, they just stopped paying rent,
3: and when the landlord went to look for them, they weren't there.
0: I think we have a new destination.
3: And so the, no no shared known associates, then? Uh, nope. Okay. I was hoping maybe one of Alderaan's underlings might pop up, but I guess he's more careful than that.
0: <laughs> Chances are they associated with him and disappeared him or her, and then disappeared Mm -hmm. before anyone knew that they were associated.
3: Yeah, that's my guess also.
0: Stupid, smart criminals.
3: It's like they don't want to be caught or something. Obviously, I don't necessarily share any of these revelations that I just came to with the LAPD. After all, why should the mortals intervene in the affairs of the gods? But I do obviously share it with Annie and Duke.
1: Uh, So Annie, do you still have any other research you wanted to conduct?
0: No, uh I was she was going to go to the mayor's in order to gain access to the files that Soren was able to gain. So I find it more interesting for Annie to go and inquire at this residence, this former residence because she can use the excuse that she's looking to rehire a former employee and therefore she's oh, really trying good. she's trying to find her.
1: Then I think Annie and Duke, the two of you are waiting by a phone to hear from Soren as he's looking through these files. It's going to take him some time to get sort of a clear picture. And so I think as soon as you find this address that you'd like to know a little bit more about Soren, you give them a call and they go to check that out while you're still looking through files for any other useful information. Mm-hmm. So this apartment complex, it's a two-story brick. It is in. Mm, it's still together, uh, and it's trying its best. It's an apartment complex trying its best, uh, <laughs> and that's that's the best way. That's the most charitable way you can describe it. Uh, it has a neon sign. Oh, a uh, quick question: Neon, how old?
3: Neon would be the late forties at this yeah. point. Yeah, they would, would be neon. They would be neon. Well, either way, you know what? So, yeah,
1: if we're wrong, tweet at me. I don't know. But either way, there are are neon signs in this world. We don't have to stick completely to time, right? Thanks to the help of vampires, we achieved neon signs earlier. They just really liked them for some reason. It helped attract people to their dive bars where they, well.
2: Here we go. Uh, At the wiki for neon signs. There's a picture of a 1937 neon marquee. Beautiful. From a theater in Auburn.
1: So it, the neon site is like one third still lit for this apartment complex, trying to attract folks to it. I now pause and realize that it's a little bit weird for an apartment complex to have a neon, so like a motel. That's one thing. No, no,
0: no, but... that's, that's not uncommon.
1: No. Okay. No.
2: So it's a bit, especially in, in better areas of town, In fact, uh, um, I, ju- I just realized that non- it, neon is a big part of art deco as well. Like the Wilton mm. theater which is a time frame relevant theater in Los Angeles. Big Art Deco facade. Big, I think, refurbished, but essentially original neon sign.
1: Okay, cool. Then yeah, and may- yeah, there's a neon sign. I feel less bad about that now.
3: And maybe that's the reason they have a neon sign is they know they're not the most reputable, but oh, shiny, they have a neon sign. They must be something fancy. Let's let's look into that.
0: Yeah, so maybe this is like in Koreatown, so it's like just a few blocks Ooh. from the Wiltern.
1: Yeah, so it's it's there. It's in it's in a state. Uh, you guys have the apartment number that you have as the last known location of this of this young woman. You can tell because several of the windows on like fr- from the street you can see that several of the windows on this place are like broken but not even boarded up. That probably not all these apartments are in use. Uh, So there is a a good chance that the one in question may even still be vacant. You guys go to check it out. What's your angle? It's on the second floor, let's say it's apartment 206. Uh, There's a short staircase that takes you up to that level and it's just down there on the right. Uh, It's sort of not quite street facing. It faces into a courtyard that is just off the street. I'm imagining this apartment complex is sort of like a big old L shape. Uh, with parking down in the middle what's the two of yours approach as you go to check this out
0: so duke do we talk to the manager or just go in
2: i said we uh i always say it's better to ask forgiveness than permission but just act like you belong here and we'll uh see what we can do
0: easy enough so she walks in like she owns the place and uh, opens the door to the apartment that they have come to look at.
1: Yeah, there's a big double window out front. A corner of it is broken and appears to have been patched with some tape and a bit of plastic. The door is locked. She picks the lock. She's not exactly <laughs> the
0: most, uh, she doesn't care about <laughs> something as, as uh, mundane as a locked door.
1: So I think this might be an example of a flaunt. I'm assuming you're doing this through your sweet, sweet vampire powers and not like you carry a series of lock picks and you sit here for half an hour picking this lock. Sounds good. Okay. I'm, I'm imagining that Annie has probably uh, fairly nice longer fingernails, perhaps uh, filed to an, not quite a point, maybe a dangerous point. I don't know.
0: Oh, no, they're, they're long and... T- file to a very dangerous point.
1: Very dangerous point, perfect. And you just insert one of your long nails into this lock, and then you just turn it, and then it just undoes. You turn the knob easily. So spend one blood to flaunt, using your sweet, sweet vampire powers. And you open the door and go inside, and to a rather dingy, a little bit smelly, there's definitely some mildew, there's a, a bit of the ceiling that you can tell has leaked recently, it's yellowing where the White plaster is cracking and falling away. So you smell the mildew in the air. And this apartment has clearly not seen anyone in it for some time. If there is a trail that this woman left, it is cold in here, at least not without a little bit of vampiric aid, perhaps. What's the two of yours play? Uh, We had Annie get you inside. Duke, what's your thoughts?
4: Not exactly the Ritz, is it? Start poking around. Check out the bedroom.
1: So it's a studio. So the whole thing is the bedroom. Oh geez. Uh But there, there is a bathroom and there is a wardrobe. In your poking around investigation, you can tell that there's like nothing in the drawers of either of like you know the bedside table or anything. But when you check out this wardrobe, there are still a few articles of clothing hung up in here. Whoever left must have either left in quite a hurry or didn't know they were leaving.
4: There's no. There's nothing of interest here. There's just the clothing.
0: Annie will look for any papers or, you know, d- her diary, her journal. She will use her vampiric abilities if necessary, as well as critique uh, the young lady's
1: wardrobe. At least yeah. what's left of it. This is good. Uh, in your investigation, the two of you root through this whole room looking for any, any scraps of paper, any... Anything that can give you a hint as to what happened to this woman. And in the trash can, which is near that section of ceiling that has clearly seen some water damage, there are some like bowled up papers and other things in there, but they've also seen some water damage. The water that has leaked through has soaked into them as well. And so you pick through these dried out, like you know the way that paper gets when it gets wet and then on itself, right? It sort of self-adheres. And so you, you delicately pull apart these and on some of them, the, the ink is practically faded away because of the damage from the water. It would take some very keen, perhaps even vampiric senses in order to piece apart some of the details that might still be on these pieces of paper. Is there anyone who's interested in flaunting?
0: I've already spent the blood.
1: Excellent. So, yeah, Annie, you sharpen your eyesight and you you pick apart the individual particles of ink from <laughs> that were once deposited on this page. No, you, you take a real close look and even in the poor light from the street lamp that's coming in through the, the window, you can see that each one of these crumpled up wads Was once a posting for a different agency, similar to your own, but maybe not necessarily having the more risque elements, but one which promised young women the opportunity to try to make a break in Hollywood. That these were recruiting, these were talent recruiting agencies. And each one of these postings has, like, you know, when the next casting call, so to speak, was. The casting call with the most recent date is for a an organization you haven't heard of before, a casting company you haven't heard of. And the name of that company is not important, but it does give you a contact's name on the sheet. And the name of that contact is Jonathan Greenglass. Mmm. Gotcha, punk. Mm. seems too long for more actual play pbta content you can scratch that itch with the excellent monster of the week podcast meddling with monsters i was hooked just a few minutes into the first episode the music and sound design are great and the story really reels you in it's a it's a pun you'll get if you listen to it anyway check out the link to them in the description below see you in two
4: weeks bye